0: I'm
1: coming back to you. It's Jackie. Jackie, what's up? Good morning. Good morning, Japan.
2: Yeah, that's what we say here.
0: <laughs> yeah, right when you're greeting
1: each other on the street.
2: Is it? Mm-hmm. Good morning. Mm-hmm. Do you get mm-hmm. up
1: and look out the window and say, good morning, Japan? Okay. Good yep. morning, With my hands on the my Earth hips. <laughs> you <laughs> throw <laughs> open the blinds, hands on the hips. Good morning, Japan. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week, at home, with your friends, and with your family. My name is David Tremaine. I'm the Director of Outreach and Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego.
2: And
0: I'm Maya Little-Sonia, and I am the Youth Minister.
2: And I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the Digital Resource Curator.
1: Jackie, what's happening in Japan?
2: It's cold.
1: Still? Still.
2: Yeah, so the cherry blossoms happened, and we're really excited. Spring's happening. I transitioned all of my plants to living outside. Mm. And the high the past few days has been in the 40s. Oh, my goodness. And they already turned the heat off to our housing. (laughs) Oh, no. Why
0: would they do that? So yesterday
2: I did a lot of baking to heat up my house.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a very efficient way of doing it. Because you get baked goods, <laughs> as well as a warm home.
0: And the smell. Yes.
1: Well, it's been beautiful here in San Diego.
0: Hate to rub it in.
1: Thanks. Oh, just so you know. that. Um, so we are in uh, the week of Sunday, May 13th, which is the final week of Easter, because May 20th is what? Pentecost. I know. <laughs> it's gone so fast. Um, so, like every week, the faith to go resources... Are based on the gospel reading. You can find those, all of them, at wwwstpaulcathedralorg faith2go, where you can also sign up for the weekly email that includes all of those same resources on a more mobile friendly template. Um, the gospel for this week is John chapter 17, verses 6 through 19. Maya is going to read it, and then we're each going to highlight something from the gospel that you hope you take into your faith conversations this week.
0: I have made your name known to those whom you have given you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave me to me, I have given to them and they have received them and know in truth that I have came from you and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world but on behalf of those whom you gave me because they are yours. And I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world and for their sakes i sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth.
1: So this so this is following almost immediately the last couple gospels that we've been talking about in here. So the we we did a bunch of uh, some i am metaphors a couple weeks ago and then we had the abiding and jesus talking to his disciples and those that's in the couple chapters before this. So this is, again, chapter 17, and it's leading up to... the Jesus has said his final kind of words as we're leading up to Jerusalem. And now Jesus is saying his final words to the Father through prayer for his disciples. So he's not talking to the disciples. He's praying to the Father. and um, And so it's... Because of the way the lectionary works, just taking these 13 verses out of context is kind of hard to tell what is going on, um, because there's a lot of stuff in there, and each one of those lines could be like a whole podcast, probably. Um, But we're going to do our best and just highlight three things, not try to do too much, um, because there's a whole lot going on. And so we're going to try to uh, make sense of a few of the different things in there. So I think Jackie is going to go first.
2: Um, mine is about prayer. I think the hardest part about this passage is to envision Jesus praying to God because you wanna you want to believe that Jesus and God just have a mutual understanding of each other and they don 't have to communicate like how your parents love each other and they never fight mm. uh-huh. and and I think it's weird to see the, the background of that, of them actually interacting and, and Jesus praying to God. Um, and so I think mine is about prayer. What? Why do we pray? Why is it important that we pray? And kind of what, do, what are we supposed to pray about? Uh-huh. Um, one of the books that we take a lot of prayers from in our weekly resources is called Call on Me, a prayer book for young people. And what I love about it is that I think it shows the breadth of things that you can pray for. Um, You know, God obviously knows what we are experiencing and what we are going through in our daily lives, but to pray to God about those things going on allows us to open our hearts more to seeing God. In our world and to seeing God in these things that are happening to us and to see God, um, as we, as we struggle and as we do great things in our life. Um, but this prayer book, this is just one page and on this one page, it has, um, a prayer for courage, for anger, for joy, for anxiety, for confidence, body image at a youth event, um, and I think that 's a testament to all of the different things that we can incorporate in our prayer life mm-hmm. and all of the different ways that we can choose to pray and to let God in in the daily moments of our life.
1: yeah, I like that a lot because it's to me it makes you think <clears throat> that it's it's up to uh like prayer is one way that I can be aware of be intentional and aware of inviting God into what I am doing. That mm-hmm. um, Jesus is Jesus is is inviting God into the lives of his disciples. You know, he's inviting right. God into the what is about to come in the coming days and weeks and months ahead, and that takes a lot of intention because I know that I can go. If if I just if I'm not intentional about doing it every day, some some form of spiritual practice or prayer, I just go off and act as if I'm the one doing all the work all the time, the one keeping things afloat and keeping my keeping um, all the plates in the air and like keeping tabs on everything. But really, it's about letting go and inviting God in to work with me, like we talked about a few weeks ago about being friends not servants like co-creators of things and we're inviting we have to kind of continually recognize that god is a co-creator with us that we're not the ones doing all the creating Um, Mm -hmm. and i also like this because it's it's kind of a nod to the fact that there is if we think about these jesus the son praying to the father there is an implication here that there is communication that happens within the persons of the Trinity that like it's not the Trinity isn't this static uh, this static community of three persons. It's like this ever this changing communicating relational dynamic that's going on and the fact that the one that like that the son has to communicate to the father, the needs of the son is kind of this awesome, nod to the fact that we're all kind of doing this co-creating together and they're doing a Mm co-creating kind of together Mm -hmm. you know so i think that's really cool thinking about the relationship within the trinity and that movement that is naturally happening
0: so my thing kind of builds off of what you were saying david because the um because the trinity is like There are distinct persons in the Godhead, but then they're all communicating as one. I mean, they're one, you know, it's one trinity, but within it, like one Godhead with the three persons of the trinity Mm -hmm. and that, um, but it needs to communicate it within itself. And so just as, and Jesus, so my thing was about when Jesus says, um, Holy father, protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. So Mm -hmm. I think about... Mm -hmm the body of Christ needing to communicate. So even though, you know, we're different and distinct, but we are one just as, you know, the Father and the Son are one, Mm -hmm. um, we need to communicate our changes, um, our needs, what we need from the other person, Mm -hmm. and also we need to communicate with God um, because we are co-creators with
1: God. Yeah. Yeah, I love that because Jesus is saying "Just just as we are one, could, I, could you read yeah. it again?
0: What does it say? It says, um, Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. Yeah.
1: So that they may be one as we are one. So that the relationship amongst the persons of the body of Christ is the same as the relationship amongst these persons of the Trinity. That there is this change, there's this all in eternal transformation and also communication and relationship
0: it's like ebbing and flowing and, yeah. and not even give and take, but just this um, mm-hmm. symbiotic mm-hmm. relationship, I suppose, and mm-hmm. that we are all very distinct and different, yeah, and do, and we do different things, and we're, we accomplish different things, mm-hmm. but we also need different things from one another, yeah and um, yeah, to communicate those things is important, and also to God, of course,
1: yeah, because the Trinity shows us the, the the reality of particularity and unity being able to coexist.
0: Exactly. And that's the same mm.
1: thing as the body of Christ is that we are each individual and unique but united. There is a oneness and a and there is a sameness and a difference between all of us. And and you know, it's it's not uh, it doesn't really make sense like logically, but but that's kind of the truth of reality is that we all have this kind of humanity in common and <laughs> our unique
0: selves <coughs> at the same time. Our identities. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, and just like bringing that home into our families, mm-hmm. like that communication with our families is just as important. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus has to talk to God, also occasionally known as his father. It's important that while we think that our parents understand what we're going through or vice versa, that parents understand what their kids are going through because they've been there, it is important to take the time to communicate those things and to really talk about them and, mm-hmm. and hash them out instead of any assuming. Mm-hmm. Right,
0: I like what you said about taking the time, because like you said about God, like God knows what's up, but you need to take the time to invite him into that conversation in that um, relationship. So,
1: yeah. And it's like you, you can, God's working all the time. There's not right. a time when God's not moving in my life, but there are plenty of times where I'm not aware of it or living as if God right. is. God's it.
0: not a vampire. He doesn't have to wait to be invited into the room. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is absolutely right. No. That, he's there
0: regardless, doing. but you just need to see him and be more conscious, and then you can be aware of your co-creation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that helps to co-create. Absolutely. So the thing I wanted to talk about uh, was from verse um, 13. But now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world, so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. Uh, And I was thinking about joy, and the thing that, I was intrigued by this idea of joy being made complete. And so I looked up, um, I looked up the word joy in Greek, and the word joy is, is kara, and What I found was that it's a cognate of the word charis, which is grace. And so the idea is like joy is not just like happiness or gladness. Joy is this exuberance in recognizing God's grace moving in the world and in your life. Um, And the rejoicing that comes from that. And so I was thinking like, what does it mean for joy to be made complete? And in, verse six, in chapter 16, he uses this same phrase, um, so that your joy may be made complete. And where it says, um, this is chapter 16 from John. Um, a little while, and you, he's talking to the disciples. So this is the chapter before. A little while, and you will no longer see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn, but the world will re- rejoice. You will have pain, but your pain will turn into joy. When a woman is in labor, she has pain, because her hour has come. But when her child is born, she no longer remembers the anguish, because of the joy of having brought a human being into the world. So you have pain now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. On that day, you will ask nothing of me. Very truly I tell you, if you ask anything of me, the fa- if you ask anything of the Father in my name, He will give it to you. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, so that your joy may be complete. And I just love that so much.
0: That's a great Mother's Day verse.
1: For... <laughs> yeah, and I also love it because it gives this much more nuanced and comprehensive idea of what it means for joy to be complete. And to me, it means joy being complete is recognizing God's grace moving not just in the happy and glad times, but in the suffering and the pain. That is like for a mother's joy to be complete, as Jesus is saying here, it's not just when she's sitting holding the baby knowing that this human has been born, but that in the midst of the suffering and the pain, she recognized god's grace moving and that that was a necessary that had to happen in order for the baby to be born
0: that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say like um joy for me is also in that sense it's um oh that's why mhm- as yeah like, oh i oh that's why and and when things seem to come together and be like oh, like in a really kind of comforting way mm-hmm. like you know, when we said a couple of weeks ago about, you know, the the bad stuff that has happened to us and that we've experienced, it's like, I would never give that away because without those things, I wouldn't, you know, have what I have. And I think I'm able to recognize that. And when I do feel that joy and happiness, I'm able to, it's so much more satisfying when I know kind of somewhat where it came from. Yeah. So if, I mean, there's a difference between finding $20 on the street and being, oh, cool. And just being random and not, Really seeing a purpose in it, I mean it's yeah. cool, it's joy, but it's ephemeral, yeah, but um instead of I don't know like uh, praying about something, discerning it, and then something you know happening that's really amazing and joyful, and you've really put that work in with God to try to um, achieve it, mm-hmm. and something happens, mm-hmm. and you're able to make that connection, I feel like it's so much more satisfying mm-hmm. than yeah, that's cool, that like I did that, yeah, it's like, no, I've been really working collaborating with someone, and we yeah. did it.
1: Because Jesus is talking to the disciples here and then in the gospel for this week to God on the precipice of this astronomical event that yeah. is going – this this incredible event, this life-changing event that they're about to go through together that is going to have so much pain and suffering. But like the writer in Hebrews says about joy, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. It's like the joy was set before him, and the completion of the joy isn't just, "Oh, I made it to the other side and I'm happy now." It's recognizing that God's grace is moving through the whole thing, and that God is, has been with you even when you, even when Jesus is on the cross saying, "My God, My God, how why have you forsaken me?" Being able to look back on the other side of the cross and the tomb and the resurrection, and saying, "Oh my gosh, God was there, even though I couldn't feel it." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to recap, um, the three things we hope you'll highlight in your conversations this week. Number one, prayer and the ways that you can do it and all the things that are available uh, to pray to God for. But also the, the invitation of Jesus of recognizing that there is this prayer and relationship and communication going on even within God and that we are taking part in that and inviting that into our lives when we pray. Uh, Number two was Maya kind of built off of that, thinking about how we are called to be like another commissioning. Jesus is, is asking God to help us be in union with one another as well as recognizing our individual parts, that we respect our individuality, our uniqueness, as well as recognizing that we are the same in some way. And then the third one um, of of the invitation to be have uh, Jesus' joy be complete in us um, of recognizing the ways that God's movement, that God is moving in our lives even when it's <clears throat> painful and we are in the midst of suffering, that on the other side our joy may be made complete and that we can completely recognize God's grace having moved the whole time. Uh, so... You um So, after having that discussion, Maya is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything new or different after hearing all that.
0: I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave me, I have given to them, and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you have sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine. I have, no, I, have been long, I have been glorified in them, and now I am no longer in the world. But they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost, except the one destined to be lost, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world, so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world." I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong in the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they may also be sanctified in truth.
1: Thanks, Maya. Good job. Thank you. All right, so... Um, make sure you go onto the uh, faith to go website at www.stpaulcathedral.org check out all of the resources uh, you can also sign up for our weekly email like I said before and get those on your mobile device um, those come out every Sunday make sure to rate and review the podcast it helps other people find it and follow us on Instagram at faith to go and we'll be back in your podcast Podcast feed next week on Pentecost, May 20th. But until then, we say goodbye. And thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.